When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Got a couple of good ones. Oliver Stone and Josh Dubin and Bruce Bryan. That's a radio. God bless Bruce and what he went through. It It's moving. And it's God moving. bless Oliver Stone for like making movies about really cool social important aspects and things that need to happen in this world. Go, Oliver. Yeah, it's surprising that, I mean, I almost feel like he's going out on a limb with this, like, nuclear energy thing, but, yeah, good for him. All right, let's get going. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Okay. Oliver Stone. Man, think of the amount of movies that he's been a part of. Like, really, when you're thinking of, like, culture or cultural influential people. So so many. Yeah. Like, who are the original influencers? Like, Steven Spielberg and, you know, James Cameron. I mean, really, that's what they were. Okay, well, let's ju- can we just do a run through of let's some do of a his run videos? Through. Okay, JFK revisited that was twenty twenty one. Snowden twenty sixteen. Savages haven't seen that one. Uh, Wall Street twenty ten. I haven't seen that one either. South of the Border. Uh, w with Josh Brolin. That was a good one. Um, May- maybe maybe let's hit more of his greatest hits. Greatest hits. Okay. Uh, Natural Born Killers. Love that. The Doors. Come on. The Doors. I mean, was that with uh, and JFK? Van, uh, did the original JFK? That was a good one. Who who was who played Jim Morrison in that? Oh uh, gosh, I don't what's know. But Kilmer. Oh Kilmer, yeah, so freaking good, so good, so good. Platoon. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's about as iconic as it gets for a movie. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So he's back. He's done. Um, you know, a, f- a documentary film style about nuclear power. Hmm. Interesting. Very you know? exciting. I mean, I'm we just so we just had a guy in the studio that was like not keen for it. Well, he's more he's keen on renewables. He's, he's a, a hippie. Yeah, he was a hippie. But I look, he, what Oliver Stone is saying is there's no way we're going to hit this zero carbon emissions by 2050 if we don't do nuclear. He's just being smart about it. You know, there's this there's this utopian vision of you know having renewables work. It's not going to work. It's not enough. It does. It's not sunny all the time. It's not windy all the time. Right. You have to have something else. And nuclear is so clean. And, and what... I mean, look, those dams work really well. Yeah. But isn't it also environmentally problematic to just dam everything up? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's other there's other things There's there you can do. You know, solar is so power, powerful now. However, wasn't that one stat that you needed 
like something like 10 times the land to make one fiftieth the power of like a nuclear power station? I, I don't know the stats, but I mean, look. Well, I wrote it down. Hold on. You wrote it down. Okay. But what they said. <clears throat> I just remember when Elon Musk was talking about solar that you could basically take like one tenth of the state of Nevada and make it into a bunch of solar panels and you could power the whole co- the whole country. Yeah, so I don't it, know. It, it was a um, a hundred times the power with one fifth of the land. Right. I mean, that's a massive. Yeah, it's massive difference. And you know, so w- when I got into nuclear power, I was watching Bill's brain, and I am not a huge fan of Bill. Well, for one, I think PCs are horrible. I'm I'm more of a Mac guy. Who the oh Bill uh, Bill Gates Gates. Thank you. Yeah, but Bill Gates right before the pandemic started, he was about to make a nuclear power plant in China. And then then Trump, I think, I think it was actually before this, it was, this is more like 2018, Trump then put all the tariffs on China and the steel tariffs and all that stuff. And then, you know, we stopped doing business with China for however long and that kind of squashed everything. Right. But <clears throat> my point is that I was, I watched the movie and what, they were saying is that these new pop nuclear power plants will not explode. There's there's ways that the reactors won't get too hot. They have the technology to do it. It's not just like a couple of dudes in Springfield, like Homer Simpson style, sitting there, you know, fucking around with buttons. Okay, I think. Well, I don't really think anyone thinks that. Well, it, Chernobyl was, doesn't. but Chernobyl was a human error. Yeah, so, sloppy stuff. Right, but the, you're talking about 19, what, 80 this happened in Chernobyl? 80? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Right. Did you see how stupid so, computers were then? <laughs> exactly. Like, they were just clunky so blobs, printers this, sucked. Like, a lot of things were pretty right. shitty back so then. So it's just this narrative that we've been fed that it's bad. Why are we being fed that it's bad? Think about it. If every fucking thing we've been fed that is bad is order is in order to create profit for oil and gas and coal. Hmm. It's been that way since the Industrial Revolution, dude. They're trying to pin it as bad, just like they try to pin recycling as bad, which because it, it doesn't even really work. I mean, that's a whole nother subject, but it's like, yeah, so they, they put it on us as a consumer to recycle so then they don't have to feel bad, and then they can keep making plastic bottles even though they're filling up the ocean. Right. You know, it's just another way it, they, they, they spread this narrative because it's good for them. It's good for profits. If we had a bunch of nuclear power plants, think of how much... I mean, coal would essentially be gone. There would be no more coal. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would be great to get a bunch of people together, right, from different sides of the aisles and different parts of our community, right? Yeah. Even that hippie that was in here today talking hippies. about Come not together. liking uh, nuclear power. And, and I love the push towards renewable. I mean, look, if you put enough money into something, we get good at it. So we're going to get good at whatever we go in, like put time into. Keep, yep. All and I, and I think there's, it only makes sense that there would be a place for, for like all of it within reason. But if, if everyone starts talking and they get to the point where they're like, look, what we're trying to do is reduce pollution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which ones pollute the most? Okay. So we got to minimize those, which ones pollute the least. Okay, those. Now, how expensive are they? You know, and also how much power can they make? Mm-hmm. So there's somewhere, there's like a graph that would just kind of plot this. And and it seems to me what makes sense that would get us over the hump is, you know, quite a few more nuclear power places, zero emissions, lots of power. Yeah. And they take up not very much space. Mm-hmm. 
So that's technically good for the environment, and we get a lot of power. In the meantime, you know, while we have that, so we're taken care of. We all have to live, remember, while we yeah. figure out how to use wind farms and then work on those different things. Well, and you look at the, the deaths, right? The deaths from pollution in a coal plant town are, are massive, you know, just from asthma and sick kids and people dying in the mines. I mean, these are things that don't get yeah. talked about. I don't, I don't think that there are many people that would be happy to move to a coal-burning plant city or town, like, really quickly. And yeah. Even if you're pro all of that, you're going to be a bit wary of breathing that shit in. Well, look, and the, the lot of the movie, it sounds like, talks about these developing countries like India and... You know, China's already doing it. They said they put four hundred and forty billion dollars into the into build out of nuclear. Well, they said they're building a hundred and fifty more nuclear power Good. plants soon. Good, smart move. That's awesome. But India needs to do that. Right. Africa needs to do that. They, right now, they're burning anything they can to create power. Of course, they're going to do that. They need power. They yeah. want to be like the West. It's just it's going to happen. So let's start the talks now and let's make it happen because I don't think these things are easy to build. Right. They take a long time. There's well, going to be a lot of steps to go through, a lot of red tape to cross. I think, it, I think it's the red tape issue that makes them take so long. Right. But I I can't imagine that if we were able to build them, when did we build the first one? 60s and 70s? Maybe even earlier? I can't imagine I mean, we, that... we figured out nuclear, the nuclear bomb in the 40s, so... Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's a different thing, but it's still it's nuclear power. Pretty close. Um, yeah, oh, and remember, these plants don't really blow up no. like a bomb either. But that's the confusion, things. though, right? That's the confusion that people uh, are scared I, of. They're, th they're scared of this leaking, like you think of like green, you know, slime. Yeah, like look, clouds. <laughs> clouds are green. <laughs> right. They turn everyone into like a three-eyed monster and with superpowers. What did it say? Only 50 people died at Chernobyl. Now, Chernobyl's a different story. There's a bunch of radiation there. You, you're not supposed to go close to Chernobyl. That's not what great. was confusing to me because Oliver said in Fukushima, there wasn't a ton of deaths at all and people are still eating the fish and the food and everything's fine. That to me is confusing. I don't want know what to think about that because it seems to me if a reactor blows up, it's going to go well, all over the ocean. It's going to be bad. I don't think that they, like, when they say it blows up, like, there is an explosion, but it's right. not a bomb. Right. And then it's leaking. Right. Right? And then they have to kind of um, basically, like, cover it all up like they did, you know? So it, it it's definitely putting out radioactive material, which has an impact. And that information needs to be carefully collected, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you need to make sure that it, that it is all carefully collected. But he did say that in Japan, in similar areas near the coast, they had a bunch of other nuclear power plants that were unaffected. Right. So it seems that the Fukushima one was just not built that well. All right, so Todd pulled something up here. And let's see, we're looking at uh, Fukushima Accident World Nuclear Association website. It said the accident was rated... Level 7 on the International Nuclear and Radiological Event Scale due to high radioactive releases over days 4 to 6. Uh, eventually, a total of some 940 PBQs, whatever the heck that means. Okay, so like early days, yeah, 4 through 6, I mean, obviously, 
It's going to be a mess. It said yeah, all but going f- to the numbers though. It well, says no deaths. Yeah, it said all four Fukushima reactors were written off due to the damage and accident. After two weeks, the three reactors, units one through three, were stable with water addition, and by July, they were being cooled with recycled water and blah blah blah. And yeah, no deaths. There's probably some deaths though. Wasn't that? Well, no deaths, but it talks about... There have about been no deaths or cases of radiation sickness from the nuclear accident, but over 100,000 people were evacuated. All right. right. Well, they, they did a pretty good so job. So it sounds no. It, it sounds like no cases of sickness. Now, this is just one source, but this is what Oliver Stone pointed out, and obviously Oliver Stone did a shit ton of research for his movie. Mm-hmm. The guy's a freaking professional. Well, he said that 2 million people die every year from industrial actions. Now, obviously, industrial plants, there's way more than there are nuclear places. But 2 million people is a lot of people. And there's not this, like, massive fear to get rid of all industrial plants. Right, but, dude... It's just like we pick and choose these things that... Well, look at the... Okay, so just look at the deaths of what, what actually caused the reactor to, you know, be destabilized. is from the tsunami... Right, that's what happened. Nineteen thousand five hundred people were killed from a tsunami. We can't stop a tsunami. No, but we can create reactors from getting fucked up by a tsunami. Right? We can create a bigger wall. They said the wall that was created in front of the nuclear power plant wasn't strong enough. Those are the those are the steps we can take in order to, if something like a tsunami were to happen, yeah, then maybe the nuclear power plant wouldn't have, you know. It, like you said, it didn't blow up, but it got too hot. Sure. Right? Sure. It, something moved and something, yeah. Well, it, it, it's interesting, right? Like, let's look at it this way. Let's say it was uh, a Toys R Us warehouse. There you go. And and 500 people work in there, hypothetical. Yeah. And then a tsunami comes, and because the wall wasn't high enough, all those people drown. Do we then look at... Toys R Us warehouses and say that seems dangerous. No, no, we just do it no, to I just, safeguard. But that's my point. It's like we'll just build the warehouse better. It's not yeah. the warehouse's fault. Yeah. In a sense, it wasn't the nuclear power plant's fault. I mean, it was. They should have taken better precautions. But it doesn't mean that you can't protect whatever the thing is in the place. Right. And what I'm saying is, in, is in order for people to be stewards and want nuclear power plant to and, and be excited about nuclear power. We have to create those safeguards so that people will believe, you know, the politicians who or whoever. I don't think politicians are going to solve the problem because they're getting paid off by the oil and gas companies. The problem is that people still think it's bad. That's the problem. And and Netflix won't even put it on their platform. And they talked about it at the, at the end of the conversation. It was a pretty quick conversation. Yeah. Totally, not, totally not woke worth. enough. I guess, but dude, Netflix has so many other but controversial let, things. But also, why don't we, like, let's pay attention to the fact that the, the U.S. still has the most nuclear buildings. Right, but they're, but they they're just all old built. school. And they're old school. Right, so they're not as good as they could be. Right. But we're all still happy to use their energy. Of course. We're all still happy to get the benefits of lots of cheap power yep. that is, you know, environmentally friendly. Right. And 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 think about a small nuclear reactor on a submarine powers that submarine for fifty years. We could do that with planes. That's so dope. We could do that with planes. I think we could do it with cars. I think that's how the uh, aircraft carriers run too. 
That's so how they, they should. Oh, are yeah. you talking about in the Navy? Yeah, the ones they land the planes on. Okay, well, I think they're go. run by those, and they just have power forever. Okay, so we know how to do this. We do it for ourselves. When the government can save money by doing it, of course they're going to do it. But we can't do it for us, for the rest of, the, of humanity. Imagine if you could have a tiny one in your house. Think about that, though. Think about that. They do it for our military because mm-hmm. it's cheap and it's efficient. Yeah. And it's clean. And they probably don't care they, about well, the cleanliness. They don't, I don't think they care how cheap it is. It just would be it's efficient. A, it would, yeah, exactly. It would be a real pain in the ass if yeah. nuclear subs had to like pull up to a you right. know an Exxon <laughs> gas station and exactly. fill up. Okay, so there's there's other factors there for sure. But but it's but it all works. the same. But it's it works. Same. Have it works. those blown up? No. I mean, I'm sh- maybe some have that we don't know about. But you don't well, hear they have, about. They have mechanics in there. They just fix them. Exactly. It works. It works, people. We gotta change the narrative. Here's an interesting thing for people that that are worried about because when I've talked to people about it, and I was unsure about this myself, um, well, they're like, yeah, but what about the waste? We can't get rid of it, right? Yes, you can. You can bury it. Okay, but well, you don't. It just still exists, but it's under the ground. Here's here's the thing, and like Joe said, maybe we can make batteries, maybe we do something with it. And probably if we put time in, we could figure it out. You know, scientists and engineers, humans, they're pretty smart when we get a chance to be, and then there's like some funding. Anyway, um, do you know how much waste you have for your entire life if it was um, contained in um, like depleted uranium or whatever the nuclear spent fuel is no idea take a guess how many how big it would yeah, be Yeah. how big of a thing it's probably about as big as this table for just big you. as this room okay big so as this room like 30 but 10 by 12 10 by 12 square block yeah so Let's 100 say. square 100 square feet a can of coke <laughs> see these are the things we need to know now don't get me wrong that's 300 million cans of coke but that's okay. not crazy. That's nothing. We and definitely sell more cans of Coke. Can, but if you can store those in the ground and cover them with, with concrete, at it, in another hundred years, it's going to be depleted. It's, it's going to be okay. Yeah, that's not the best solution, but it's a way better I completely than agree. digging fucking holes in the ground and having gas and methane and freaking, you know, pipelines of oil blowing up in the freaking ocean and in the rivers. I mean, come on. It, yeah. And I, you're talking to a hippie here, dude. I grew up as a hippie. I thought you're you know, a huge hippie. Renewable energy was the only way. But I'm an open-minded person. I will take, I will take facts from other people, and I will, you know, discern them, and I will figure out what makes the most sense. Nuclear makes sense. Well, this might be propaganda-driven because he said the Rockefellers back in the day there put out go. an article. In New York Times about the dangers of radiation. Right. Well, they're the oil refinery. Thank you. Monopoly. Like, what I said at the beginning. These are these are oil execs and it's oil like, people are it's scared like the of nuclear. Sugar and the saturated fat thing again. Yeah. It's like the sugar industry bribed the people taking over you know, the food it, pyramid. Well, it's also like the hemp and the cotton industry. Dude, it's all Reef power. It's all power and greed, guys. We have the ability to create clean energy. This is a huge step in the I'm right direction. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And also, I also think it's great that we're pursuing, you know, solar wind and the rest of it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a place for that. And, you know, Oliver points this out. Even if climate change wasn't a thing, and this is what people, I think, need to get on board with, whether you think climate change is real or not, or if, or if we're causing it, it doesn't matter. This is clean energy. 
Like it's like if you go to the gas pump and you're like, hey, this is going to pollute all the rivers in Montana or this is going to not pollute all the rivers in Montana. Which one are you going to pick? I don't think anyone, whether even people that are not, they don't believe in climate change as a thing. They definitely believe that horrible particles in the air are bad for you. Right. Coal burning stuff. So they don't want their kids near both it. Both get behind. I, yeah. So, so I think everyone would uh, agree with that in general. I mean, did, didn't he say the owner of Greenpeace even said that we got nuclear wrong? And yeah. I didn't write the guy's name down, but he said, yeah. The we, guy that like started that it. That started Greenpeace. Said, well, yeah, good for him. That's a big step because probably he's made some bold statements about what he feels about it and pushed against it. It's cool to see him come around, you know, yeah. if the data's there. And why didn't Al Gore talk about it in Inconvenient Truth? I mean, I, I liked that movie when it first came out. It scared the shit out of me. I... I appreciated Dude, that. That at was the time. fear-mongering. He it was. said we'd be underwater by 2015. And exactly. But what I'm saying is it, I liked when, it too. When I, I saw I it. when I saw the when they were digging down into the Antarctic ice and bringing out those cores of ice and they're looking through the data, again, I'm sure some of it was skewed. I don't know. I believe in climate change. I think we're creating it. I think humans are making it worse. And look, again, I'm going to do anything in my power, which is not, I don't have any power, but I can sit here and talk about it and say nuclear makes sense, whether you're a hippie or you're a full right wing or you're a freaking whatever, somebody in Good China point. who knows nothing about any of this stuff or India, and they're f trying to fucking burn trash to cook their eggs on in the yeah. morning. We need nuclear power all over the con all over the continent, all over the world. Yeah. It's and, the only and way to go. Also, I want you to speak your truth. So that giant container trash can of cans out there that you wanted us all to recycle that you have not taken to the i took the last one you got to take all of them all right, it's I'll your thing I'll and it's it. full yeah and guess what i'm not saving the world by doing that but it makes me feel a little bit better you're definitely not if you don't I, take them to i know the i'm not can place but i'm gonna say pro nuclear all the way so what's so what's uh, <laughs> oliver Stone, what's his video what's the name of the movie again? oh yeah look it up all right i'll look it up look it up what else you got in your notes well, I mean, the Netflix thing nuclear is now. disappointing. Nuclear now. Nuclear yeah. now. Nuclear now. So this came out in 2022. Okay, I thought it just came out. All right, so we got to watch it. I didn't watch it yet. I should have. Yeah, I want to. Let, let's check it out. All right, let's uh, jump over to, you know, a pretty heavy, emotional, but very important conversation with Josh Dubin and Bruce Bryan. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, Bruce was wrongfully locked up for 30 years. Um, you know, I, I, I think when people hear something like that, you it's hard to really appreciate what that means. You know? It's like we could all imagine how awful that would be. No, dude, 30 years. That's but insane. That's, that's Just too much time. It's all the time. Yeah, it's your whole half of your whole life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you count the beginning, but you don't really like when really you're count. a baby, you're not remembering a lot. Like this is like a conscious time where you're not an old person, right? This is like prime time. And and it, really, I wanted to start with that because I want to play a clip that they really discussed at the end of the podcast. And those that have listened to it or haven't yet will hear it. Um, and, and you're going to hear a lot of emotion and that's, that's, that's really what they're thinking about when they're 
when they're discussing this. Obviously, Josh and Rogan have not been locked up for a very long time. But I think through these conversations, they've spent the time to consider it and understand the impact of being able to help these people get off. I'm going to play the clip. Hold on. Uh, I can't tell you how... Uh Every time I come on here, I try not to tell myself that's the last time I'm crying on there. <laughs> um, but thank, thank you so much for having thank us. You. And um, it's my pleasure allowing us to tell these stories. It's just, uh, it's really important. Yeah, listen, I, I never anticipated in a million years that this podcast would be anything remotely close to what it is. And if I can take what that is, that platform, and use it to highlight things like what you're doing. And what you've done, I mean, there's nothing, nothing more important. Thank you so much, Joe, man. Thank you. Nothing more important than what you're doing, getting this voice out, you know, giving us a voice to share with the people, inspiring and encouraging people to get involved, man. Contributing to humanity, man. Because it's going to take all hands on deck. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the best of us got to help inspire the rest of us. Yeah, the best of us have to help inspire the rest of us. It's just such a great line. And, and I mean, look, Joe's not, he's not playing up to anything. This isn't some bullshit, shitty interview that he's doing on a CNN broadcast where he just wants to get a lot of likes and, you know, show some... <clears throat> pretend compassion that that's as real as joe gets that yeah. may be the most choked up i've ever heard him yeah for sure i love that he brings josh on I, I i think he's kind of committed to like three or four times a year it seems so important that he brings it on if you think about it i mean obviously he has a lot of uh repeat guests um but you know it's like save our parks and friends that just come on uh but this seems really scheduled you know and and also I feel like Josh now has a bit of a window with Rogan to when something big is happening. He can come in. Uh, they're just powerful podcasts. And, and it's just so horrible to hear that people get locked up for so long for things they haven't done and, and didn't really get, um, you know, due course and justice and, and yeah. like a real defense. Well, they talk about this a lot. They've talked about it a lot in the past when Josh has come out in the past, but really the prison system is a business. And the fact of the matter is that people who become incarcerated, a lot of the times it's their, it's, it's their upbringing. It's not their fault. Okay. We have to think about this more compassionately. These people are living in poor communities. They are growing up in the projects of, you know, the Bronx or wherever, anywhere in USA, they're, they're just growing up as poor people and poor people need to eat. They need to survive. And you or I, and anyone else out there, if you, if you grew up in a poor community and you don't have a ton of, you know, opportunity to do better, what are you going to do? You're going to try to make money any way you can. And I'm not saying that's right, but that's what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to burglarize, you're going to sell drugs, you're going to, you know, go on the streets, you're going to steal shit. And I'm not saying everyone's going to do this, but it's, 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 I think the point that they were trying to make is this is kind of a system. It's a system that needs to get changed. 
And but it's a system that's been put in place to perpetuate. Well, the pr- these it, prison systems aren't going to change unless we change the the problem where it began. And the problem where it be- where it's began is in the streets and in the poor communities where you know your dad was incarcerated and you grew up with your mother and his grandfather was incarcerated or whatever it's like these people don't have money they're on food stamps they're they're in poor communities and i think a lot of the times it just gets looked you just look away you know if you see a homeless person on the street you kind of just look away or maybe you give some money and that's a different thing but what did they say like 50% of people incarcerated are dyslexic so these people are already having extreme you know problems with their with their ability to even learn and they don't even know that they have this problem because they've been incarcerated pretty much their whole lives and they're getting put in jail for what did they say like 50 years some of these people are getting put in jail at 18 years old for 50 years for a for a burglary well they they said the one guy was sentenced to 70 years and the the overall um results of the injuries that were caused to the victim were four stitches. Right. How it's is insane. that possible? Because the system that's been put in place, and what did they say, the crime bill in 94, which are now president-backed, and it was Biden-backed it with... Oh, the uh, new crime bill, yeah. Well, it was a crime bill in 94, maybe it was 92. It was when Clinton was in office. Mm-hmm. They did the three strikes and you're out, and they just, you know, we're going to be tough on crime. It's like this... Nixon did the same thing with the with the drug loss, and yeah. you know we're gonna we're gonna solve the problem by putting people in prison, and that's clearly not helping. I mean, you look at some other countries. You know, I don't know if you've seen any of these documentaries about um, some of these countries like Sweden and Norway. Right. People who are incarcerated there are actually getting helped. They're like they are allowed to walk around. They have kitchens that they share. Like knives are out on in the kitchen. Like the guards don't have guns. The guards aren't beating them up. The guards aren't um incentivized to like keep them locked up. The they they, they want them to get better. Right. And I think that's the mentality that needs to change. These guards don't give a fuck about the incarcerated people. That's the problem. Well, they were bullying him, right, when he yeah. was close to being released. Yeah. So he was, like, up for parole, and one of the the um, guards there was kind of, like, had it out for him. So he had to be real careful. Right. And that, that must have been a well, terrifying time. there was a time. lockdown. There was mm. a lockdown in the prison. So yeah. for whatever reason, there was a lockdown. It's one, this is one of the most brutal prisons in the country. These upstate New York prisons, he talked about it, how, you know, Brian was, was talking about, um. Uh, how was it, Brian? Sorry, Brian. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about uh, Bruce Brian. Bruce Brian. Thank you. His last name's Brian. He's talking about how a lot of these systems, you know, they're in the very poor community where these prisons are at, and that's like where all the money comes from. Everyone works at the prison, so yeah. there's a lot of nepotism going on. You know, people are, you know, working kind of against each other really it's like me versus you mentality and you're bad and i'm not and i'm doing the right thing and really it's like what's the point of prisons if the people coming out are worse off than when they came in right 
The I point mean, of prison should be rehabilitation, but that doesn't seem to be the goal of our prison system in this country. I mean, the the struggle there is um, if you know they're not going to be in prison their whole life, then within reason, you want to encourage them to not reoffend. And what right. I mean by within reason is if somebody didn't go to prison but can't afford to go to college, like it, it, it's somewhat unfair if people in prison get the opportunity to go to college for free, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a balance. The hope is that on the outside there's there's social systems set up to help people that are poor from the communities that the criminals originally went to jail from to help stop that problem from continuing. But also now you've got somebody in jail, you got to you can't treat them like an animal, right? But they are. And and that is so much of the problem. It's like being mad at, I don't know, a, a, a pet that you have. Let's say you um, adopt a dog and you just keep it in a cage and you just throw food in there and you're never nice to it. And then when you let it out, you wonder why it just tries to bite the neighbor. It's like it doesn't, Yeah, because you know, it doesn't know any better. I'm not saying people in prison are dogs, but... I'm saying that you've got to treat them. But we're treating them like dogs, kind of. I mean, we're tre- we're putting them in cages. Yeah. You know? And, and it really, probably most of this just comes down to the money that is made with these prisons. Yeah. There, there's so much money being made there that it's... Where do you even start with that? Well, let's, let's go to a positive part of this because I, I was very inspired by... Um, you know, his story and Bruce's story and Mm -hmm. how he talks about how when you're innocent, you fight a little bit differently, right? You, he would, he would sleep with a pen and a paper with a, with a pad of paper and a pen every night. And he'd wake up and, you know, a lot of, I I know this, a lot of your best thoughts kind of come when you're half asleep or you wake up and you think of something. And if you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. Yeah. And he would do that. He he was like, my best thoughts come to me in my sleep. So I always had a pen and a paper with me. And he was writing down these affirmations for himself. And he's putting them on the on the pad and paper, and the or the pad and pen. And then the next day he would put he would stick them on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it really, he was saying how it really reconnected himself with humanity, and really inspired him. He was he was inspiring himself with his own thoughts. But he, but I, I, I want to say that there's like a different mentality there, right? Like he's obviously a brilliant guy and he was incarcerated for something he didn't do. I'm not saying people who are incarcerated for whatever they did, murder or anything else, don't have those same thoughts. But there's this different mentality of like, I'm fucking here wrongfully and I'm going to do something about it. There's right. a different mentality there. And he pushed through, but for thirty freaking years. How do you how how do you stay? How do you positive? Not how do you not get resentful? How do you not just you know you you see people in your day to day life that have plenty of privileges and at least they have freedom and they're bitter and angry and scared and not honest and truthful and you name it. Yeah. And then you have a person that it was put in this position that holds his humanity together it's it's remarkable it's very inspiring yeah and i love what joe said about want to make america great again 
make less losers. Yeah. Right? Why can't we give human beings opportunities? And mm -hmm. really, that's the base of the problem, which I think if, if, if it's said to you, and that's the beauty of this podcast, when you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like if we gave more people opportunities in these poor communities, instead of shipping $80 billion away to Ukraine, why aren't we putting this money into these poor communities and giving them grocery stores and giving them opportunity of places to work at? Human beings want to work. Mm -hmm. we're, we're a tribal you know, society. We want to do things, but if the opportunity is not there, we're going to do whatever we can to get by. And that is the, that's the problem. And at the end of the day, these prisons are, they're making money. They're printing money. And then not only, what did they, what did they say towards the end? They were talking about um, when, you know, these, these guys are making 16 cents a day or 16 cents an hour to work. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. So it's slave labor. Really is. It's slave labor. Yeah, of course. And they were saying they were making sanitizer, right, when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So this sanitizer is now making a profit, and these men and women are making 16 cents to the dollar? What the fuck? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They, they, that's how they pay people in prison. I mean, I remember like hearing about like low. making license plates, right? Yeah, they do all kinds of stuff now. But yeah, but now you're making sanitizer for some douchebag to like then go ahead and make millions of dollars off of it? That's not right. And then there was, what did he say? There was a few gentlemen who realized that they were making bars for other jails and getting paid 16 cents an hour for it and said, fuck this, we're not going to do this. We're not doing this. We're not, we're not going to make prison bars. So they refused, and then they get thrown into solitary confinement for weeks at a time. How is that rehabilitating the human person? I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Look, I'm not advocating for people who kill other people, okay? That's fucked up. That happens, whatever. But a lot of these guys, it could have been their first offense, and whatever, maybe it was an armed robbery or burglary. What what was it? The guy on uh, last oh, week, yeah, Jelly Roll. Yeah, armed robbery at mm -hmm. sixteen or fifteen years old gets incarcerated for six years. I mean, look what he's done now. Now he's this brilliant musician, and he got out of it. But he's got face tats, and you look at that guy from across the way, and most people think he's a fucking lunatic because he's got face tats. Sorry, that's just the way we think a lot. You know, and, yeah. it's, and it's like, look what incarceration did to him. I mean, the guy was locked up for six years and he got off pretty easy, I would say. Well, compared to 30 years for something you didn't do. Right. And even then, I mean, just think of the long term effect uh, of it for Jelly. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of the depth of his music is coming from the pain and frustration of, of totally being in there making a mistake. You know, it's just, it's, it's a hard balance with some things. I mean, listen, arm robbery is a big deal. Yeah. He was very young. And First the, fact that, the fact that they tried him as an adult, that was brutal, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and also think of it from the judge's point of view for this individual that was um, wrongfully accused. I mean, I assume there was a jury. He has to make a decision based on the jury. I don't think the judge can override if it's, if it's like, you know, a unanimous decision or whatever. So there's just so many moving pieces well, to the... the jury was getting paid off, though. In, in Bruce Bryant's Right, yeah. Defense. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's all fucked up. 
Right, but but remember the the guy, the the district, the DA that was on his case was paying off witnesses, right? And you have a lot of nepotism going on. It's a small town. Right. And he's just trying to get paid. He's just trying to pin it on somebody so he can win the next election or keep his job or whatever. Yeah, that guy sucks. And then what was it like 20 years later? That was that was part of the reason why Bruce got out. Mm-hmm. He went to jail for 30 months. Okay, this guy gets less than three years and he has put innocent people in jail. He's been paying off witnesses. That guy should fucking rot in prison. Right. But he just, like, three years, that's nothing. Well, he's certainly going to be taking some shit after this Rogan podcast because <laughs> now a lot of people know about what he did. Yeah. A lot of people know. So, yeah, I don't know. I would advise everyone to listen to this one. The, these ones are always so freaking emotional, but mm-hmm. so good. I mean, it's just so cool to see, you know, that Rogan is making light of these sorts of conversations. And anyone who bitches about Joe Rogan, he's this or he's that, they don't know Joe Rogan. Because you look at, you know, you played that clip of him crying at the beginning. Joe Rogan cares about this stuff. And he is a, it's just, it was an emotional one. This is a, this is a roller coaster. And it, it's really good to see Josh back on Rogan. And I, and I can't wait for the next one because as emotional as it is, this stuff is so freaking important. Where do where do you think this goes if they extrapolate this out? Like, obviously, Rogan's podcast keeps growing. They're going to have Josh on. He's going to keep bringing on people that got off. Yeah. Like, do you think slowly over time through the develop, like just with the expansion of the podcast, you know, I've always felt like, um, well, in the last few years, like as elections come up more congress people will want to go on just because of the style of platform that there is more people that are gonna run for even president right i mean this time around obviously biden's not going on but how long before you know even rogan's hosting um one of the debates for real like a three hour long form conversation and well and getting josh in front of People that can make real change I hope in so. our system. I don't think he'll be hosting debates because they're run by conglomerates that are owned by everybody, everyone else that really probably doesn't care much about these. But these types of, you know, social <laughs> problems, right? It's mm-hmm. like every politician just wants to get a vote, and they don't doesn't seem they don't seem to care really about the real issues. This is clearly one of those issues that gets you know, pushed under the rug. But if enough people care about it. Right. That's the point. Well, and that's this why, is what Rogan yeah. is making. It's almost like it's the individual's responsibility, though that's a lot for us to take on as individuals. But, yeah. you know, as g- groups that are thinking alike, we right. can we can really push politicians in a direction. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, they want to do what is whatever it takes to get our vote. Right. And yeah, so, so they're going to hit talk those points. It. Yeah, if we talk about it and we, it gets talked about on, you know, platforms like Rogan, yeah, then that's going to make a huge difference. Absolutely, because politicians aren't going to change their mind unless the people are in, are uprising, right? Unless we're talking about it and, you know, like they said, calling the, the DAs. There was that DA in Oakland that they talked about, um, several other people that... Um, they brought up the, what was it? Rich. Sorry. Let me look at my notes here. Uh, let's see the, sorry, just looking through my notes. 
there was a district attorney about the case about peer rushing, and okay. I didn't look into it. Right. But just they were just talking about it, like, look into this, send a letter to the DA, Pamela Price, and as soon as you start doing that, it's absolutely going to make a change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because yeah. if you don't... Because you can flood it. You can flood their emails with these things that just break your heart, and that's what I hope is happening. Right. You know? I mean, Rogan's going to get 12 million downloads plus from yeah, this. Yeah, baby. You yep. know, we're talking about it. Uh, hopefully, you know, Josh is going to get to go on a lot of other podcasts, you know, whether he has his own or not, or even has time for it. I guess he doesn't need to because he goes on Rogan, but God bless him. He's doing great work. Um, feel terrible for for Bruce. and Hey, he's out, though. He's been out for four and, weeks. And I feel... You know, it, it warms my heart that he is out and can now enjoy regular life. And the fact that he had a bowler ass time at the comedy mothership, I can't really imagine a better celebration. It's awesome. So God bless him and thank you, Josh, for everything you do. Heck All yeah. right, fellas. Yep. That was a good one. That's it for this week. We appreciate you as always. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Todd. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>